0: Let's get started then. Firstly, as we introduce uh, someone who said out there, I don't want to be introduced, but I fully believe he deserves to be introduced. He's been fundamental to evenings like this. He's worked so hard to close the the gap, if you like, between former players and the club as it is today. He also made 190 appearances and scored 25 goals um, between 89 and 93. Put your hands together for QPR club ambassador, Andy Sinton. (laughs) Okay. Our thanks to Andy, and also a special mention of a man who sat in the crowd with us. He made 206 appearances, scored 11 goals between 97, 79 and 81. Don Shanks. And now put your hands together for a man who also made 206 appearances between 64 and 69. He scored 44 goals, including the opener in our 1967 League Cup final success, Roger Morgan. and following on from Roger this man made a total of 105 appearances he scored 35 goals during three separate spells he netted that all important winner against the baggies in 67 he looks younger every year mark lazarus yeah. to have you both here and now put your hands together for a man many regard as one of the finest players to ever play for QPR. He made 206 appearances, scored a staggering 114 goals for us between 66 and 72. He scored the equaliser at Wembley in one of our greatest ever comebacks. Welcome back to QPR, Rodney Marsh. warned me about his deaf ear beforehand <laughs> <laughs> thank you nice to have you back Rodney a few familiar faces as you arrive this evening
1: yeah great to see the old chaps here yeah lovely to see them, Mark and uh, Roger and uh, after after we uh, we finished tonight folks um, uh, Roger and Mark said that they'll stay behind And if, am I getting shorter <laughs>
0: I think you are. We might have to try. (laughs) It's it's Uh, financial fair play. We've had to buy cheaper (laughs) stalls.
1: Is there any VAR here? Let's switch one
0: of those. We'll we'll switch that one. No, no,
1: I'm fine. I like like it down here. (laughs) Um, They they said said they'd be happy to stay behind and have uh, photographs, the three of us, with the League Cup because this will probably be the only time that the three goal scorers will be together and you're very welcome to photograph's taken. I think it was there, 20 each. is that what you said?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff, but yeah, certainly do take that opportunity to have that photo afterwards, that'd be fantastic. Um, well, from your point of view, Rodney, as you get shorter and shorter, and I'm worried about <laughs> the noise here, so we're just going to have to move along. Um, in, in terms of being back, when you walk along South Africa Road and come to the stadium, are there particular memories that are right at the forefront of your mind as you arrive at the ground?
1: Loads of loads of memories, yeah. Um, I joined uh, I joined QPR from Fulham in nineteen seventy. Uh, excuse me, nineteen sixty six. Um, Jim Gregory signed me. Alex Stock didn't want me. Um, that's a little known fact, by the way. He, he <coughs> Alex Stock didn't particularly like me as a player. Um, but Jim Gregory, uh, he saw the deal at fifteen grand, and he thought, well, that's a you know, nice cheap deal. So. Um, and my first recollection, I was telling the boys earlier, my first recollection was uh, Alex Stuck called me into his office and we were talking and he said we play um, a 4-4-2. He said, and um, Roger Morgan plays half-cock. <laughs> and I thought, what the f- is that? I, I hadn't heard that before. I'd never heard that before. And, and uh, apparently it was when... Roger didn't have the ball. He would drop into midfield, and he would become an extra player, at the, you know, and protect Jim Langley at the back. So that was my first uh, experience uh, joining uh, Queens Park Rangers.
0: So you say that Jim Gregory was keen to bring you in. Alex Stock less so. Did yeah. he did he make you aware of that when you came to the club? Oh
1: yeah, yeah. He caught, and and uh, for I say there's quite a few seniors here, like o- over fifties and that. When I first came here, Alex Stock called me in, and he said. He said, Rodney, he said, you're my number 10. He said, you're going to play number 10. He said, you can play free. He said, you do whatever you want to do, but you have to produce. And if you don't, he said, we've got Keith Sanderson. He can do all your running. We've got Tony Hazel. He can't pass the ball, but he can run. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, But you have to create, you have to score goals, and you have to make goals. And he said, if you don't, you'll be on the bench.
0: Uh, And I did. So,
1: So, yeah. What question? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, just looking at when you first came to, to QPR, you are saying that Alex Dock didn't particularly want you, but clearly he told you what he wanted from you to yeah. stay in the side. Yeah. But when you joined, you joined us from Fulham, who were in the top division. You were the joint top scorer in the top division for Fulham when you came to us. Yeah. Uh, th- the story is that you had a fallout with Vic Buckingham and, and came to QPR. Yeah. Is that, Was it as simple as that? And why did you decide that QPR was to be the beneficiaries if you like of someone who has been forced out for non-footballing reasons?
1: Well that's a, a good question for a change. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to give you the answer to my, my uh, point of view about joining QPR because Mark Lazarus had the identical experience that I had and he'll tell you his experience and you just transpose those two things because the same thing happened with Mark as happened to me when we joined. So when he gets up and has a, a few questions uh, that would be one of them, and he can answer that. OK, and will you answer it? Uh, no, well, no, I don't want to steal his thunder, because it's
0: funny when he says it. <laughs> OK, we look forward to that, Mark. Yeah. Um, so, you, you came to QPR, and in your, your first season, obviously it was a huge success, and we've got two trophies in the background, which is almost yeah. our entire um, trophy cabinet we've had to put on display. <laughs> in, your yeah. first, in that first season, you scored 44 goals. Did you think, while it was all going so well, you know, have, have I dropped down too far here? Because obviously you were doing so well scoring. You no. set a record. Did you think, what, what am I doing playing, with all respect, in the third tier of English football?
1: No, no. I, I, I played the game for the love of football. I love playing football. And I played at a club that, that loved me. The fans loved me as a footballer. The club loved me as a player. And I loved the club. And it, it, it didn't matter. So I could have been playing on the moon because we had a fantastic team with with fantastic footballers. I always say this, I've played all over the world, and I've played with the greatest players in the world, including Franz Beckenbauer and Pele and Bobby Moore and Colin Bell and Francis Lee. The team that I played for in 1967 was the best football team I ever played in. And you can take that to the bank, we had great players all over the field. The players that weren't particularly good on the ball could do other jobs. And we played as a team, and we won as a team, and we lost as a team. And that was the happiest time of my life.
0: And and when you looked around the the dressing room at that time, who were the players that you looked at and thought, yeah, we're going to do well because these players are in the side? Nobody.
1: (laughs) No. The the only player that I knew at that time was no that, that's not true. I think it, it actually it is true. The only player that I knew was Les Allen. I didn't know the other players. I you know obviously read about the team and that, but I didn't know I didn't know any players except um, except Les and Ron Springett, Mark had joined the club after that, hadn't he? Yeah. yeah. So not even Ron Springett. I knew Ron Springett, but he was playing for Sheffield Wednesday then. But The only player that I knew was was Les Allen, who, by the way, Les Allen, and nobody ever talks about this, but Les Allen was one of the most creative, intelligent footballers that ever played the game. He had such a brilliant brain, Les, and he could spot one-twos and leave in the ball and dummy the ball. We used to call it a one-three, where the ball would be played to me, I'd pretend to play it, leave it, Les Allen would be behind me, I'd spin off. And he'd knocked the ball into the gap because he could read the 1-3. Now, you don't hear about that today, do you? you probably <laughs> never heard that before. But we, we, we developed a 1-3. And we developed it from um, uh, Tostel and Pelé and Revolino, who played that way for Brazil. And we just did it naturally. So, uh, Les Allen, for you answer
0: that question? And in terms of the players that you didn't know, OK, you, you're saying you didn't know a lot of them. As the Oh, no, sorry, Jim Langley. Jim Langley, of course, yeah, Jim Langley. yeah, yeah sorry. And as, se- as the season progressed... Which players stood out for you and you thought, Crikey, he's a decent player as well and he's a decent player. Well, to be fair... Because fa- clearly you were playing, all playing at the wrong no, level to, because you moved no, through to, the divisions.
1: To, to be fair, to be, good question by the way. To be fair, <laughs> we had... <yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> um, we, had, we had terrific players playing in all positions. And, and I'm not saying it because the boys are here, but we, we had uh, all over the pitch. I could name you the team right now that played. The, the boys of 67 um, all over the pitch could play. And and we had players, I I mentioned Keith Sanderson again. Keith Sanderson, did anybody know Keith Sanderson here? Do you remember Keith? Anybody know Keith Sanderson? A few people. Keith Sanderson couldn't pass the ball. He couldn't head the ball. uh, He couldn't run quick. But I tell you what, he was like... He was like the glue that held the team together because he, he kept winning tackles and he would chase back and mark people. I'd lose the ball and he'd run after it and catch it <laughs> and all that. I kept on getting beat and he would be the one that picks it all up and all that. And so Keith Sanderson was a mate. I said, Mark told me earlier about it. I wrote it in my book. He was he was such an important player that never got any credit. So
0: that's another one.
1: He couldn't score. He couldn't score, yeah, that's right, yeah. Family With show, family show. <laughs>
0: Was it, was it largely then a team of unsung heroes? Oh, very much. Very much so. Uh, the guy that made the winning goal
1: that Mark scored was Ron Hunt. Ron Hunt, centre-half, who never got any credit. Um,
0: but he, he Certainly not off their keeper.
1: Yeah, with the studs in his, his, studs are <laughs> in his <laughs> <laughs> chest still today, apparently. Though. <laughs> never got the studs out of his chest, yeah. but uh, Yeah, so unsung heroes in the team and, and a player, you know. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Um, I've got to be very, very careful what I say here. But we had a player called Bobby Keach. <laughs> now Bobby Keach had come from Fulham, and he was a reserve team player, wasn't in the team, right? So the night before the cup final, Bob- Bobby Keach was a uh, a real character. Lovely suits, and. Uh, over Lotus cars, and he was a handsome-looking guy, blonde hair, and all this. But he never got in the team. He was like played a few games, and uh, he, he he used to go out with um, Antonia Fraser, the lady, uh, you know, in Chelsea, and all that. And he was a real playboy. Well, the night before the game of the Cup Final, we go for our evening meal. We go to White's Hotel in the in in, in central London, and. Uh, And and we have the meal and it's about 8 o'clock and and Alec, the boss, says, "Okay, boys, everybody in bed by 10 o'clock. Well, we're all in bed by 10 o'clock. At 5 past 10, I'll get a phone call in in my room. And it's Bobby Keach, And he's, (laughs) look at the boys laughing at me. Uh,
0: As soon as you started (laughs) this story, Roger put his head in his hands. (laughs) (laughs) And dropped it. (laughs) So... Yeah, you got. Sometimes
1: in life, you just tell the truth, and you know, foot chips fall where they may. I won't go too strong, by the way. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, and he said, Roddy said, um, he said, come up to 141." So I said, "What?" He said, "Come up to room 141." He said, "We've got some drink, we've got some uh, cards, and we you know, we've got got some movie videos and all that." He said, "Come, it'll be good. We'll, we'll all, um, you will know, have a nice, uh, you know, restful night, and we'll have a couple of drinks and." we we'll would eat all these off and all this. The night before the cup final, right? So I went, okay, so I I'll come and have a, have a drink with you. So we, I go up to the room, and it was like walking into one of those things in Turkey where there's like 8,000 people in there. they all shout, jump, jump, <laughs> down, down, down. So we walk in, and uh, we sit down, and we have a game of cards, and Jim Langley's got his eye, eyepiece on, and, you know, the thing over the his eye cap, and he's, he's playing poker, and he's over there doing their chatting over there. And we, so... I'll get to bed about twenty past three. <laughs> never been told, the story, never been told. I'll get to bed about twenty past three. And I re- uh, uh, the morning we get up next morning for breakfast and Bobby Keach has put twenty-five quid on West Bromwich Albion. <laughs> 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 so uh, I can't remember. The, I can't remember his little mate. His little mate set it all up for the, all the drinks and all that. And anyway, <laughs> half time we're two 0 down, and Keech is in the stand, and he, he doubled his bet at half time. <laughs> <laughs> he ended up betting fifty quid, and we come back and we won three two, and the boy scored the goals, and I got the equaliser, and we won three two. So uh, that's the first time I've ever told that true story. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> I actually, I actually, I must say this, I always remember that there were two players that didn't actually come to the room, but I can't remember who they were.
0: <laughs> Clever, I like it. Protect everyone but no one. <laughs> OK, so based on, I, I think it would be uh, remiss to sit here and talk about the 1967 League Cup final and what an incredible day it was, and to have Roger and Mark sat here listening rather than being part of it so i think if everyone's in agreement it'd be great to get roger and mark up on the stage as yes. well.
1: is that too low <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's all right so all three of you can can jump in there stay up with us rodney we'll we'll have a chat the three of you
1: No, no, go on,
2: go on,
0: go on, go on, go on. See, we're old. <coughs> and just firstly, how fantastic is it to have these three guys here with us together? <laughs> and I think what is incredible—I have no idea when the last time that the three of you were all together, but. Yeah. You met upstairs and the, yeah. the talk was absolutely non-stop.
1: It was, I listened
0: well. <laughs> <laughs> but it must be fantastic to, to meet because obviously it becomes more and more difficult and obviously you are living over in Florida as well, so yeah. it must be fantastic to, to come and meet up with Mark and Roger and the three of you, Rodney, to all be together. Mark, how enjoyable is it when you do catch up with former teammates? Oh, it's, it, it, it's
3: good, yeah, it's, it's more than good. Hmm. Yeah, uh, Very good. Uh, it's very good. Yeah, <laughs> trouble is, we—I mean, Rodney and I—I—I I, 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 I don't really want us. be but r- really, Rodney took my mantle off of me from the supporters' sort of. When he came, they all started. They used to all be on my side, <laughs> and they always—they st- always used to support me. But when Rodney came, all that. Rodney, he <laughs> took my mantle away from me, so I've got that against him a little bit. But we've always been uh, well appreciated by the fans. Yeah, no, Good. it's
0: fantastic. Uh, let's go to the, the '67 Cup Final then, and I'm I'm guessing you obviously were the two that weren't up in room 141 when on the, on the morning when you. That was ab- my room. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I, I roomed with Bobby Keats.
1: True. Yeah.
0: So, on the, on the morning when you arrived at the stadium, do you remember your emotions of a third division team against a f- top tier team that large outsiders not expected to do, to do anything? You'd almost succeeded before you'd kicked off, in the eyes of many.
3: Uh, I, I had the same opinion as what uh, I think most of us had yeah. that we'd played first division teams beforehand. Uh, our final was being at Wembley. Hmm. The result, I don't think anybody thought about winning or losing. Our our actual final was being there, being at Wembley. And because, like, when we was coming along in the coach, the streets were crowded, and we did go past that, that coffin, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. That coffin with yeah. <laughs> with the cube, with the West Bromwich Albion on the side. It's all in the film. Mm. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the response we had from everybody uh, was wonderful. So... I don't think we had any, any uh, notions of like going out there and and winning and (coughs) or losing. Uh, We just took the game as we took every other game. You know, there was no team discussions, was there? If there was, I I can't remember (laughs) them. And because if 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 you was relying on Alex Stock giving you a team lesson, uh, (laughs) it was indescribable. So. So
1: but um, they did, ha- West Bromwich Albion had 11 international footballers playing for them on the day. They had 11 internationals and we had
0: none. So, so what was the approach from Alex Stock? If I come to you Roger, what was yeah. the approach? How were we going to win that game? I mean, w- uh, what we achieved p-
2: playing in the season, um, he wanted us just to enjoy the game at Wembley. Um, but the trouble was in the first half we got blown away, mm. really and then we went out in the second half and well how good they were, we were that good in the second half and it made a tremendous difference and it just everyone it bounced off of everybody else and um, we were fortunate enough to get the goals, I think in, in a very short space of time, yeah. mm. wasn't it, twelve minutes or something yeah, like that, yeah. thirteen minutes, something like that and it was it was fantastic, I mean, to, to play there, to be there, we're, we, you know, we're the first first division club that's you know sort of um, trying very hard especially in the first half we we didn't, ha- we, didn't <laughs> we weren't in it absolutely weren't in it and um, Alex stopped he gave his talk at halftime encouraged everybody he didn't need to because we <laughs> as Rodney said we were there because it was at that, w- that was really being there um, as a first division team, but in a place like that, it was different class,
3: you know. And uh, I think that yeah, mm, yeah I just like to say that when, on that day, when you got to realise that we had Peter Springett in goal, who was 20, yeah. 20 years old. Roger, same age. Yeah. Um, Ronnie Young, same age. They're all all there was. There was only me, Jimmy Langan, and Les Allen that were over the age of 25 or whatever age it was. Yeah. So uh, they were all young and they was yeah. all new to this. Mm. But bearing in mind on our advance to the Wembley, we did beat Leicester City, yeah. who were the fifth in the in the league. We did beat Birmingham at away from home. We did beat Carlisle. They were all top teams. We had we had the experience of beating them. So,
0: so did you feel there was no pressure going into the final?
3: Well, the, as I said before, there was no pressure. But if it, if if you want to call pressure nervousness, mm. is is another thing. Well, I don't think we were under pressure because our final was getting to Wembley. Mm. Whatever whatever happened after that, if we'd have come away from Wembley getting beat 3-2, we'd have still enjoyed ourselves. We'd have still had the. Uh <laughs>
0: You disagree, you got Roger? Back to well, the same hotel, so. yeah. <laughs> back to room 141. Well, yeah. but I,
3: I honestly do think there was no there was no um, pressure because all these all these young boys they they didn't know what pressure oh. was, anyway. So uh, it's uh, it's a matter of we'd done it before, we knew we were good, mm. <laughs> we knew this guy was uh, a bit yeah. extra special. Uh, yeah, one for, and one for, one for everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> but without a doubt, I mean, he was he was uh, the idol of, uh, yeah. of us getting there. I mean, he was in, into everything, so uh, we knew we had <laughs> capabilities of beating any team, mm. and that's how we went out on the pitch. We had, we got, we were getting beat twice by half time. One at Birmingham, we went in at half time one nil down. Uh, Leicester City, we went in losing two-one at half halftime. Uh, Carlisle, I don't know what we were. Yeah. So we couldn't be
1: behind. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway,
3: we we had experience <laughs> of beating these top teams. Yeah. So there was no, there was no. Um, I mean, for me in particular, there was nobody. I I feared nobody. I was at. Uh, I was at um, Peter Braybrook's, a <laughs> friend of mine, his funeral a couple of years ago, and Harry Redlap gave the eulogy, and he yeah. said, "When well, sitting down there, we got Mark Peter Braybrook's friend, very good friend. He was the only winger I knew that left backs were frightened of, mm. and that's and that's how I took it. Yeah. There was nobody. No, I wasn't frightened of anybody, or on the pitch, that yeah. is." You know, I think it went through the team. We knew we were good. Mm. We knew we had match winners.
0: And for you, Rodney, uh, Mark saying that there was no feeling of pressure because perhaps there wasn't there wasn't the expectancy to win. But as the t- two teams walked out, there was only one chant that anyone could hear in, in Wembley. And I think people here were probably involved in singing it. And that was the Rodney chant that went around. Did that put pressure on you? Because you were young, walked out and suddenly... The expectancy wasn't to win, but there was a feeling from the crowd if we are, it's on your shoulders, sir.
1: Yeah. Um, I felt that the other 21 players were just there for me to help <laughs> me play, play. But I'm joking, I'm joking. But um, another little known fact, so you know about 141 right now. <laughs> another little known fact is nobody knows this story, okay? I've never talked about it. So you're hearing this for the first time. When that first chant started, Rodney, Rodney, meant, right, okay. When that all first started, nobody knows how that started. In my first game at home, we played against Millwall, and there was about 2,000 Millwall fans, and as I ran out onto the field, they all started going, Rodney is a fairy. Rodney is a fairy. And I was there going, Rodney, Rodney. So I banged four goals in that day, and the, and the QPR fans started going, Rodney, Rodney. <laughs> that's
0: that's that's a, that's a true story. Apart from the four goals, that was a true story. <laughs> so did you feel pressure in the final? In terms of what was expected from you? I never felt pressure in my life. Ever. E- ever as a player.
1: And that's playing for Man City, playing for Fulham, playing for QPR, playing for England, mm. uh, England against Germany. I never, ever, ever felt pressure in my life to play. I just loved to play the game. I, I play I would have played for nothing. I loved it, and, and it doesn't matter to me where I played, I just love to play for the fans, and I love to play for the
0: enjoyment of playing football. When you went 2 0 down at half time. All the players obviously leave the pitch behind the goal at the old Wembley Stadium. Yeah, You're almost practically rubbing shoulders with the West Brom players as they head down. Can you remember what the feeling was from the West Brom players? Because they're 2 0 up against a team two divisions well, below them. Was there a, a feeling they'd done the job?
1: I had no idea. I, I, I never care. Maybe Mark does. You remember? No, no, no. no I don't remember. Roger, you remember oh, anything? No. You know where you are, Roger? Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, I'd, 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 I can't remember at the game feeling anything other than the fact that this is another game. Mark said it best. Yeah. We just play football mm. and, and it didn't matter to me if we were too we we down. I just played the game. I scored a bicycle kick in the final, which nobody talks about. Yeah. I scored an overhead that kick, right? And if VAR was today, I'd have, I'd have had two goals that day if it had yeah, been VAR. Because I was actually onside. And they gave me offside. But I went in at time No, nah, we're 2-0 down. We'll get it back. And, uh, and we did. You, you didn't feel the chance was gone at that stage? I didn't, no. no. We could have played all... Uh, just ca- carry on playing, 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 playing. Because Mark just made a fantastic point. We actually never knew when we were beaten. Mm. We, we were 1-0 down to Birmingham. And they had a terrific team. Yeah. We were away from home. And everybody was saying, "Well, they're never going to beat uh, Birmingham over two legs. They're only little QPR in the third division. They, they ain't going to go and beat Birmingham over two legs." Well, guess what? We beat them 7-2 over over two legs. And, so and I'm uh,
0: gonna no, I'm not going to tell them. You tell them.
1: <laughs> He'll tell you. Mark just no, said I'm to
0: Rodney, tell. "Tell them what you just told me when we got along here."
1: Oh, I've got to praise him. He, he loves the praise. <laughs> <of him. laughs> he loves the praise. He loves the praise. What I said was, I remember the game vividly. And that night, Mark Lazarus was unplayable. He was unplayable. You know when you you look at players and you see them play great? He was unplayable. He was going past the full-back. He was (laughs) was shooting at goal. He was making goals. He was scoring goals. I think Roger scored that night as well, again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, he was unplayable that night, yeah. Brilliant. 4-1. Come back to 4-1. Beat him at home 3-1. And 7-2 on aggregate. And... uh, little old QPR in the final. <laughs> and by the way, by the way, fans going back to those years will know that that is the first and only time a third division team yeah. has done a double. And that will never, ever, ever mm. be beaten. No, no third division team will ever do a double
3: ever again. No. I thought was going to say we, w- we were the first third division, so I had to play the cup final at Wendley as well. We was that as well.
0: Mm. Yeah. 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 And going in then to the second half, obviously the next goal is going to be crucial and Roger, y- you got it and the, if you, you look at the table, it was obviously on the, the VT, while waiting for you guys to come down and the reaction from you and from the teammates was it's game on now because oh yeah. it was a very much a...
2: Yeah. I think, it, I think by then, you know, at me scoring just bounced us up a bit more and... We were, d- we were a different team, absolutely different. We had so much confidence, um, everyone was working hard. We were working hard on the first half, but we, we weren't good enough. <laughs> 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 <But> <laughs> you weren't? No, I no, no? no, no. wasn't doing <laughs> anything. That wasn't my job to work hard. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> so we just had to pass to Yeah, give me the ball. Give me the ball. <laughs> give me the ball. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was, sti- it's, it, was so it was a different game. Absolutely different game in the second half, and everything that you d- you did, it w- it went right for you, and we suddenly, I mean, Les Allen, well he took the free kick, and I remember I I was right at the far end, uh, you know, in the far, in post. The 18, far, far post, post, 18 yard box of the far post, and we used to, when I went to Tottenham, we used to say near post, far post, and and you think oh, you know. And not that I remember that because I I wasn't even at Spurs at the time. But (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) Alec didn't say go to the near post or go to the far post. But (laughs) it (laughs) 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 it was it was brilliant. I mean, we we were so motivated, and the whole team worked for each other. Mm and yeah. it was absolutely fantastic.
0: And it, it set up the, the big <coughs> comeback and obviously you were crucial to that with, yeah. with your goal. When you look back, obviously you scored plenty of goals in your career. How high does that goal, that occasion, that moment rank in your career?
1: I, I've always said this all my life and I've been all, all around different places and, and speaking at different times, I always said throughout my life and I scored I think it was over 200 goals in my career that was the most influential goal I scored anywhere. I scored for England as well, so that was the most influential goal that I scored anywhere any time ever. Because, and the boys would t- I, I've never asked them this question, but when that equaliser went in, I bet you everybody thought, we're going to win this, we're going to win this. Yeah, you agree? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they and, and, and th- they did as well. They, yeah. West Brom went, oh, we're in trouble here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I bet your mate Keach was panicking as well. He was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: He's trying to get his 25 quid back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Trying to catch out. He owned two rooms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it was a, a fantastic goal. And then at that point, was it a case of there's only one winner now? Was that the feeling?
1: I think everybody everybody felt that way. And, and if you look at, look back at the, I mean, we this is nostalgia. Okay, there's a new t- there's a new team, there's a new you know there's a new era. And Mark and I were talking about the modern game and how it's changing the way. So everything's new. There's new, but this is nostalgia. And if you go back and you watch the videotape in black and white, you can actually hear the crowd. Even the crowd sensed it. <laughs> you know, there was hundred thousand people there, and even the West Bromwich Albion fans that they knew it was coming and they knew the winner was coming. And it was just, you know, every every often in your life. You have, like, um, kismet, and you know something's going to happen. You just feel something's going to happen. And that's how I felt. When I got that ball, I actually knew something special was going to happen. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I picked <laughs> it up 40, 50, yeah, 40 yards out from the goal and I turned, and I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't going to pass, with it? Ask, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. that's, <genius. laughs> that's the sort of player he was. He was. If you grabbed
3: if 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 oh, if cool. if if down to that ball, knowing what he was going to do. he would never have happened. No. So give, mm. him, give him credit. Once he received the ball, now he done not know what he's going to do. So <laughs> yes. now, he, now he's got his own
2: ability to mm. do what he does. He said, we're going that way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. whatever, whatever, was what that
1: was supposed, supposed to be a compliment? <laughs> 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 it is a compliment. It is a
4: compliment. Yeah. Most,
3: most things you do, great things, anyway, like you do in life, is, is yeah. on...
0: We'll i yeah. yeah. we'll just put a microphone yeah. under yeah. in there while we're Sorry,
3: talking. Mate, no. It Sorry. is spontaneous. It, it's, it's, it's nothing else. You get the ball, you head the ball. Uh, whatever you do hmm. when you're playing like, I mean, he was a great footballer. I mean, I, I've had arguments here with, with certain supporters about uh, Rodney and another player that you've idolised here. Uh, couldn't lace his boots up, honestly. No. Couldn't lace his boots up. The top other man. P- top man, without doubt, man. best player I've played with, yeah. ever played with, and possibly one of the best players I've ever played against as well. Yeah. Like not playing against him, mm. but him playing with me. People ask me, "Who's the best player you've ever played against?" Who's that? Uh, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> 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 uh, who's the best player you ever played against? And Rodney always comes to mind. Mm. Mind you, I've got that feeling that uh, he used to write in the Star. So one compliment deserves another. He used to write a column in the Star. (laughs) And he picked his all-time greatest England team, or his greatest football team. And who do you think's in it? Me. Are you in it? (laughs) Me. I'm in it. I'm the 12th man. I'm I'm on the bench. Now you've got people. You've got, <laughs> got seriously. Well, done. <laughs> well <done.
2: laughs>
3: I'll, I'll, I'll name you, I'll name you the team that he picked. Gordon Banks in goal. Paul Brightner right back. Uh, the Brazilian captain, Carlos. 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 Yeah. Roberto Paul Brightner was left back. Roberto Carlos, Roberto Carlos was right right back. In, in uh, Bobby, Moore, back. Bobby, Bobby Moore, Moore France, Bestbar. Um, France Beckenbauer, France yeah. Franz Beckenbauer. Franz yeah. uh, Bobby Moore and... Uh, Paul Brightner. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> outside, outside right was Gorincha, inside right was Pelly, Senate forward was...
1: Uh, somebody else. Somebody else. <laughs> no, Johnny, but these Haynes, Johnny Haynes was in Johnny it. Johnny Haynes
3: was in it. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Greaves, yeah. uh, George Best, and little old me, hmm. you know, never in that class, he's selection. So, yeah, just, you know. Just
0: being
3: honest. People said people to me, "Howdy comes at Rodney. I said, Well, he's either taking a piss <laughs> or he thinks very highly of me. <laughs> so, that was my answer to that.
0: Sorry, Mark, just in terms of that, h- how much does that mean to you on a serious note? You, you look uh, at that I mean team and, and Rodney putting you in, in amongst that oh, sort of
3: unbelievable. quality. yeah. Very, very nice. Very good. Great feeling. And uh, great respect for him as well. Yeah. We've been friends for... I mean, I, uh, his whole family, his dad. I, when, I, when I left here and went to Crystal Palace, I came over and watched... Uh, and watched QPR play Brentford or someone like that. And, and Bill, his dad, was sitting, me and Bill sat in the stand there and watching him play. Uh, and I got on very well with his dad.
0: Uh,
3: yeah, that's it. Great. Yeah, good.
0: And uh, the all-important final goal?
3: Well, as Rodney says, it, it wouldn't have been allowed today, but I think it would have been. <laughs> 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 I think he made a genuine attempt for the ball. <laughs> uh, the goalkeeper comes out, um, and the ball was spinning very badly, and Ronnie kept running. And uh, he wasn't the sort of player that was going to give up on a, on a tackle, no matter who it was, whether it was full-back, whether it was centre-half, or whether it was a goalkeeper. If the ball was there to be won, Ronnie went for it. And uh, fortunately, it came out to me, and I stuck it in the back of the net but it wasn't the greatest goal in the world. uh, But I I think that um, we deserved it. And the occasion, uh, done it as well. I mean, the little referee has never given anything in his life, Mm. uh, especially against me. (laughs) So, uh, but he was, I I, I thought it was a a valid goal Mm. and a deserved goal.
0: And you say it wasn't the greatest ever goal, but I think everyone here would agree that in QPR's history, it is one of our greatest (laughs) ever goals. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Most important one. Yeah, possibly was, but um, it wasn't much of a goal to talk about. I mean, I used to score... That's very true. I used to (laughs) score plenty of... I used to score plenty of (laughs) goals, but I used to score good goals. Yeah, you did, yeah. But that was... (laughs) Oh, I used to score a lot of goals with my left foot. I oh, must have missed that game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one at Middlesbrough, one in the cup final, one in. Uh, I, used oh, I used to cut inside a lot. If, you, if the older members here remember, I used to cut in from the right a lot and shoot with my left foot. I played outside left here as well, with my left foot. I mean, I, I was a two-footed player, so it doesn't. It didn't make. Didn't make no difference. Whether it was on my left foot or whether it was on my right foot.
0: <laughs> what a confident team we had then. Oh dear He does not
3: know he's left or he's right. Getting getting back to the Wembley game, you know it was me that got the foul on Les Allen and took the free kick for him to score his goal, didn't you? That's another point.
0: <laughs> so afterwards then after the, the success against West Brom what did you guys get up to? <laughs> Room 141. <laughs> no, no, we, we
1: went back we, to, we sorry, we went, with, no, I'll tell you exactly what happened. We went back to White's Hotel, we had a team dinner, and um, me and my, my wife at the time, uh, we weren't married, we were getting married two weeks later, um, and Mark, my wedding, Mark was the, the singer at my singer, wedding, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, me, and my, like me and my wife, should be, we went out and had a quiet drink together. And uh, I don't know what the rest of the lads did and their families, but uh, we, did. We, went home. we went home, yeah, because we, uh, we, we were so pissed from the night before. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, if um, if you put your hands together once more for Mark Lazarus and Roger Morgan, if you'd just like to return to your seats, guys. Mark, I just want to grab a seat for us. But it's fantastic to have uh, the three of you here and to, to reminisce. Is, um, well, it's an honour for everyone in this room, I think. Um, from your point of view, after the success of 66-67, well, actually, go back to the, the start of that season, I think we've been in the third tier for 14 years. What was the expectation at the start of that season? Well... Um a player that doesn't
1: get mentioned very much, uh, or I'd like to mention because you probably never heard of him, or, or very few of you were, um, but when I first joined QPR, they had a little little inside forward. His name was Johnny Collins. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, remember the name Johnny Collins? Yeah. It was a lovely lovely little player, and and um, the year before, he scored a lot of goals, and, and QPR come very close, got into the top six, and it was like... They signed me to take them to the next level, and, and the, the average crowd when I came here was like 6,000. Um, and, oh, you forgot to tell the story, didn't you, when you first joined QPR? He didn't ask that question, did he? that's right. I'll, d- I'll do it in a minute. Um, so the expectation was that I was gonna come and help them to get higher than they did the previous year. And, and I've gotta tell you, we absolutely blew the league away. We blew the league away. I think we scored over a 100 goals. I think we. Uh, how many? 106. 100, well, thank you very much. <laughs> so we scored 106 goals. We got a lot of points. <laughs> 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 oh, okay. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. You, you interrupt when you want to, then. Okay.
0: <laughs> I'm shrinking again, by the way. Right, what's the question? I think it's fair oh, to we're say we're good you too. exceeded expectation that season. I've got to tell you a
1: lovely little st- another lo- little story about Alex Stock. Uh, the, the lads will remember this game. Uh, I'm not sure I remember the, all the team talking and all that, but we were flying away with the league. We were doing fantastic. We were you know, just scoring goals everywhere we played. And it really was breathtaking football, and, and, and I'm not joking when I say that. We, you know, we go away from home. the come, come five and ones, for, so we go away to Mansfield, away from home, rainy day. Uh, and we were at the top of the league, and Ma- Mansfield were about fourth or fifth. And Alex stopped before the game. He goes, he said, um, "Gonna change the system a little bit today." He said, 0-0 is a great result." He said, first half, first 45 minutes, Rodney, you go and play up front on your own. And I thought, well, I've never done that before, but that's all right, you know, you're the boss. He said, we're going to defend, defend, defend. He said, come in at half time, nil nil. Don't give anything away. Keep it tight. And if we nick a goal, that's fine, right? And we all looked at ourselves like he had, he had three heads because we didn't play that way. So, half time we come in and we went in 5 1. <coughs> And he went.
0: Oh, <laughs> I got a subtly go and get that. No, no, you're <laughs> right, you're right.
1: <laughs> so you just check this in your record books. It was 1966-67 season. Final score was 7-1. We beat Mansfield 7-1 away from home. You remember that game? No, I never played. Well, <laughs> well that's why. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we but we but. Oh, so. You, that's why I. Uh, yeah. Gotcha. So, so there you go. So that's the way we played, and and uh, you know we
0: beat everybody everywhere, and and uh,
1: just a, a great, great football team. Yeah.
0: One thing that didn't happen the following season was QPR didn't play in Europe, despite winning the League Cup. And the reason for that was that QPR weren't from the top division. Controversial. As, as players. How frustrating was that because for, for many of you, if not all of you, it was the first opportunity to play European I did, football? I didn't
1: give a toss. No, no I'm, I'll be honest. I'll be absolutely How about you boys? No? no, we didn't give a toss. We, we knew we were a great team. We knew that we had done something special. We knew that, we, that it was never going to be beaten. Nobody is, is gonna, was going to beat that record. Nobody will, will do a double like Queen's Park Rangers did. And uh, we had photographs taken later with the League Cup and the, uh, all that. But that's, um, we all knew that uh, and, and be it
0: not being in Europe was, was not a problem uh, to any of us. We didn't care. The following season then, what was the target then into the second tier? Well,
1: um, no, that's a, that's a very, very good question. Because I, I broke my foot in pre-season. And uh, Alex Stock said, uh, oh, he said, you're going to miss the first dozen games. He said, um, you know, we're gonna th- he's, he's, we've got a player called Alan Wilkes. He said, and Alan Wilkes, he's from Slough. He said, Alan can come in the team and, you know, and he'll, he'll do okay. So, you, you know, he'll hold it till you can, you know, get back fit. First game Alan Wilkes plays, we beat Oxford 5-1 and he scored five. <laughs> No, I'm not making it up. It sounds like I'm making it up, does not it? <laughs> Just go and check the... the, the Where you do that, that, that machine you go on, a Google machine? Go, g- g-
0: Google it. Alan Brooks five goals against Oxford. Amazing. And I'm sure you were delighted for Alan when he scored five goals in your absence.
1: Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> no but I come back and we, um, we carried on winning and of course... Uh, and that will never be uh, beaten either. The following year, we got promotion, didn't we? We went straight from the, th- from the third, won the third, uh, League Cup, and then got promoted the next year as well. We uh, beat Aston Villa 2-1 in the final game at Aston Villa. Uh, yeah, so, um,
0: yeah, great, great ones. At that stage, did you wonder how far QPR could go? Well.
1: I, at that point, I had, I, had a, I had a conversation with Jim Gregory because we got relegated the following year. And I said, uh, I said Jim, I said, uh, you know, I've been here now for, f- I think that's my fourth year. I said, I've been here four years now. We've been up and down. With I said, if we don't get promoted this year, you know, I've got to look at myself, my own career, that I, maybe I should try and get to a bigger club. And uh, he said, Jim, Jim said, well, you know, You're you're number, you're number ten, and blah, and all the fans like blah blah. blah. So he said, uh, he said, what I'll do, he said, oh, this is a lovely story, this is a lovely story. Uh, He said, and I'll give you, I think it was like eighty pounds a week. And I said, I said, Jim, I said, some of the some of the top players in the in the first division, they're making like two or three hundred pounds a week. He said, Roddy said, I can't do that. He said, "I, I don't, I won't break the wage structure for the other players for you. He said, this is what you're going to earn. And, s- and I said, "Tim, I said, yeah. And he went, no. He said, but I'll tell you what I will do. He said, I will sell you £500 pounds worth of stock in Blue Star garages. <laughs> so I thought, because c- he owned Blue Star garages, right? I think, I think Mark and Roger are hearing this for the first time, by the way. So I said, so to keep me happy, I have to buy your stock. <laughs> So he said, he said, yeah. He said, but Roddy said, you got to understand. He said that this is going to go through the roof. He said, Blue Star Garage's stock is going to take off. It's going to be massive. Yeah. I said, I'll tell you what, Jim. I said, I love the club. I love playing with the boys. I'll take the eighty pounds a week. It's a two-year contract. I said, I don't want the shares. I'm, you know. He, he said, well, no. He didn't. I said, no, I don't want them. Okay. So I carried on playing and play for two more years we got to the top of the league again and, w- and we never got promoted and after the end of my contract he said okay rodney he said i promise you you'd be allowed to go he said manchester city have come in with 200,000 pounds which was a record for manchester city it was a record obviously a record for queens park rangers and, and he, he, he thought that he was doing me a favor right <laughs> he said do you want to go and i said well i've been here seven years now Jim.' I think it might be time to move on for my family and this, and, that and I want to play on the highest level. And he said, okay, son. He said, come and sign the, the agreement in my office tomorrow. And I went down to his office, and I'll never, ever... This, this brings a lump to my throat, I promise you this. I signed the document, and it was like um, this much money f- for your leaving, you get the uh, loyalty clause and the thing and all that. And he shook my hand, and we had a cup of tea, and he went... He said, son, he said well played you've been great for queens park rangers and he put an envelope on the on the table and i opened it up and it was a blue star gary shares worth seven thousand pounds he bought the shares in my name kept them and gave me the seven grand so and when, when people talk about jim gregory you should remember stuff like that We're a, a lot of first time truths tonight, haven't we?
0: Get a lot of first time <laughs> stuff tonight, yeah. I, in terms of that, like you say, Jim Gregory a, had a reputation of being a hard taskmaster, shall we he say. He was, it. he was. But there, there obviously w- was that side to him. Alex Stock, when he left the club, you were still at the club at the time. Yeah. Alex Stock later said in his book that Jim Gregory moved him on at a time when Alec was away from the club through illness. Yeah. What, As players, what do you remember about that time?
1: Do you know what I've always found? uh, And again, I always speak for myself. I've always found that players are the most selfish bastards in the world. And I mean that. Football players are very, very selfish. Generally speaking, right? I'm not saying everybody, but generally speaking. Football players play, and they play for the love of the game, or they play for the money, or they play for whatever it is. But they don't really mind who the manager is. And I loved Alex Stock in the end, but he moves on, you move on. And you, you do what you've got to do for your own self and your own family. And, and, and it, it's not that different from being, you know, I always say that, that footballers are like normal people, you know, but, but playing football. But they're like normal people, you know, in, in a business, if you work for a sales company and the manager goes, you don't all jump up and down and go, oh, no, the sales yeah. manager's gone. You carry on working, don't you? So, um, And the same for you, probably, in your situations, uh, everybody else. So that's why I, I didn't, uh, I loved Alex Stock. Time to move on. He, he wasn't happy, but uh, it's all part of the, part of football.
0: And there was a quite a turnover after that. Oh, um, Christ! Let's chuck you some names. Bill Dodgin, who lasted three months. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how in the world he lasted that long.
1: <laughs> well, if you follow up on that, it would be <laughs> um, some people are meant to be number two. You know, you could get. And I don't care what era, era you're playing or you're managing. There are people that are good number twos and there are people that are good good bosses. Uh, you know, I'll give you a great example. There was... Um, do you know Brian Kidd? Who, who Brian Kidd, the Manchester United player, that Brian Kidd always wanted to be a manager, right? But he was only a number two. And, and he, he had one season where he tried to be a manager at Blackburn, but he, he's had a 25-year career and he's always been in the number two position or or as as an assistant and some people are like that so you know that's uh, that's the way it is
0: i'll follow that up with tommy doherty 29 days
1: how he lasted 29 (laughs) days I, do you know what when 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 tommy doherty joined the club it was like a sketch out of monty python it was nobody knew what was happening one day on a friday on, a, on one Friday, we went to Hayes, uh, not Hayes, Chiswick, the, the running track at Chiswick. On a Friday morning, they said, Everybody put, everybody put their spikes on, we're going to do 10 440s. And everybody looks at each other and said, What the fuck is that with 10 440s on a Friday morning? So but we all did it because we're professionals. We play on the Saturday, and Saturday morning, all the players coming, all, 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 all walking like Dolly Parton. It was like, all the, all the muscles were all stiff. So. He got the sack after 28 days. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then, Les Allen, obviously, who you spoke about earlier as, yeah. a, as a teammate, yeah. was now the manager and lasted yeah. significantly longer. Yeah. Was, was that quite a strange? People always talk about it can be a strange dynamic from going to a, from one of your teammates to suddenly your boss.
1: Well, it, it can be, but um, Les, in my opinion, was never cut out to be a manager either. And, and uh, I was talking to him earlier. I love, I love uh, Les Allen. I think Les Allen is one of the greatest footballers that played the game. That may sound like an exaggeration, but it's not. Les Allen was a brilliant, brilliant footballer. He had a great brain. He knew when to hold the ball, when to lay it off, when to knock it. You know, he knew where to run. He could take great free kicks. He was a fantastic player. Manager, he was crap. He was he was a dreadful manager in, in my opinion. Les, and, and uh, uh, that's not that's not being being negative. It sounds like negative, doesn't it? But that's not pick digging him out. I, I didn't think Les actually was. You know, I, I'm not sure you even. He was at one club manager, wasn't he? He Didn't go on and manage it to somebody else, did he? No. So he had he, he had his time at QPR, and then yeah, and that was it. Yeah, that was it.
0: And uh, Gordon Jago. I'm not knocking him, by the way. That's not. That's. I'm just being honest. Yeah. And Gordon Jago, who who then took over. <laughs> <laughs> How did things work for you and Gordon Jago? Oh.
1: <laughs> so I'm captain. Uh, Les, Les, Les Allen made me captain. <laughs> which shows you his judgment, <laughs> and um, so I'm the captain, and, and Gordon Jago comes in. It's an absolutely gospel true story. So he comes in, and I wasn't wa- much for the um, for the FA, you know, the FA st- strict ties and shirts and blazers and all the FA and all that. I wasn't much for. It. I, I just used to like to play the football. I didn't like all that, other, all the anyway, all the blazers. So Gordon comes in, and he was like, and he was a nice man. And he comes in and he goes, I'm the new manager of Queen's Park Rangers. He said, uh, He said uh, the way we're going to play, we're going to play a system that you may have not played before. He said, and we're going to play this way and we're going to do this. He said, and the fullbacks are going to be there. And the thing on there, he said, I want you to play with a passion and honesty for Queen's Park Rangers football club. Because this is what we do at the event. And he said, and he said give his speech. And uh, he said, Rodney, captain, he said, um, he said anything to say? I said, yes, Gordon. I said, welcome to Queen's Park Rangers. We're all behind you, 40%. <laughs> and uh, I was gone a couple of weeks later. <laughs> to to match the city. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: how hard was it then, leaving QPR? Oh, it was massive. It was mm-hmm. massive.
1: I've got to tell you another story that you ain't going to believe. But I've got to tell you. And I'm sure that this is... Anybody from the media here? Anybody from the press here? Okay. Well, just, just keep this quiet, don't tell anybody else. <laughs> I, jo- I joined uh, Manchester City. I signed all the documents with Jim Gregory, got my seven grand cheque, got on the train at Euston to go up to Manchester, and I'm standing at the Piccadilly Hotel, and at 10 o'clock the night before, I g- the next day, I'm going to go into Man City to sign all the, all the contracts and everything. That night, I went down to reception, I got on the phone, and I was crying. And I called Jim and I said, Jim, I think I've made a terrible mistake. I said, I don't want to go. I want to stay at QPR. He said, son, and I was crying. Tears were streaming down my face and on my heart. He said, son, you've made your decision. Stick with it. And that was it.
0: And looking back, was it a decision that took time for you to get over? um that's a difficult question that's a very difficult
1: question because w- w- i i said uh, a few years ago uh, that in my in my will i've got i wanted to be buried in the number 10 queens park ranger shirt so did i get over it you never get over the love you have for, for something you know if you love something you might move on and you might get divorced and you might meet a mistress, or, or in other people's cases, two or three mistresses. But you, you never forget your first love, and you, and, you, and you never, you know, so that's always been in my heart, that's always been in, you know, the, the way I love the game. Yeah. No, it's true.
0: Very shortly, we're going to open questions from the floor in just a moment. For those of you, just a reminder, for those of you if you haven't um, entered into the raffle, there's envelopes on all your chairs when you arrive. And it's 20 pounds went to enter the raffle. All the money goes to the QPR number no. 10 foundation. So if you do need an envelope, if you just give Andy a shout, he's got spare envelopes there at the back. 20 pounds, put your name on the envelope. There's plenty of pens down the side. We'll be doing a raffle at the end. We've got three fantastic prizes. We've got a signed shirt from the QPR first team. We've got a bottle of whiskey and arguably, well, certainly the best prize of all. We've got a ball which is yet to be signed. It will be signed by the three goal scorers from the 1967 League Cup final. And it will be signed personally to the winner, which is why it hasn't been signed as yet. When we do have the winner of the raffle, it will be personally signed to that individual. So any of you that do need an envelope, just make Andy Evans. Well, Andy Sinton, and our club ambassador, come envelope hand or outer, is at the back there. Just give him a nudge. And like I say, all the money does go to the QPR Number no. 10 Foundation, so it is for a fantastic cause. Like I say, we'll be opening um, questions to the floor. In thanks,
1: thanks, for, thanks very much, by the way. For, thank you so much for doing that. Thanks for coming tonight. It's a, it's a fantastic. I just want to say this as well, if you don't mind me saying this. Uh, I want to thank Zoom, the people from Zoom. Who's from Zoom here? Thank you so much, Sir, for tonight. It's very, very kind of you. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. How much Yeah,. Give a hand.
0: How much does it mean to you when you come along and so many people are, are coming down just to sit, spend time with you and, and, and hear these stories? I if think many thought they'd be stories they heard before, but you've produced a couple <laughs> of crackers. Yeah. Um, well,
1: as you. I don't know about the boys, but um, as you get older and as you look back on your life, you see it through a different uh, uh, spectrum, a different prism. And I'll give you a great example about my, my playing at Queen's Park Rangers or whatever it was. I'll give you a great example of life. This is absolutely true. About, about six weeks ago, I'm playing uh, football at my son's house. And we're p- kicking the ball around the garden. He's got a swimming pool. And we're playing around in the garden. And I've got a little grandson. He's 12 years old. His name is Addison. Addison Marsh. And he plays in America. And, and we're kicking the ball around. And he said, uh, um, we finished playing. And, and we getting in the pool. And we're mucking around the pool. And we're sitting there. And he said, um, <coughs> he said Granddad, he said, um, he said, what was you like as a, as a soccer player? He's American. He said, what was you like as a soccer player? And I got a bit of a lump in my throat, and I went... I said, well, Addy, I said, um, when I was your age, I said, I wanted to play football, and I wanted to be a professional. And I wanted to go and play for a professional club and start in a professional league, and and I wanted to score goals for that. And I said, and I wanted to get to a cup final and score a goal. (coughs) And I wanted to play for England, and I wanted to score a goal playing for my country. Uh, And I said, and I wanted... And I said, no, no, i did done all that in my career. I was so lucky that all I did all of that. And I said, um, I said why, why do you want to know, Addison? He said, well, I Googled you yesterday, and the first thing that comes up is, Rodney Marsh sacked by Sky Sports. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, that's true. That's true, true, absolutely true. <laughs> So I've d- done all that. I've played all over the world. All those goals, you know, <laughs> records that are never bought, possibly, but I don't think people are going to score 44 goals. You might. Has anybody beaten that record, by the way? 44 goals, QPR players. Anybody beaten 44 goals? Anybody scored over 100 goals since I left? I don't know. I'm just guessing. I don't know. Nobody know. How about our uh, stats man at the back? <laughs> oh, he's fall asleep. <laughs> so you know, that's why I played, and that's why I love the game. And uh, yeah, there we go.
0: Fantastic. If anyone has got a question, if you just want to raise your hands and we'll get a roaming mic out to you and what I'll do is if you don't mind I'll take this one off you and we can just pass this microphone down to the back for that question and if you are going to ask a question, if you will wait for the microphone because this is going out on our club podcast, the Loftcast, as well so it gives them the opportunity to ask a question. We've got a question now from a young marathon runner by the name of Don Shanks. Go on Don. Yes, uh, yes Rodney,
1: um, heard all the stories and great stories. Can you um, share with the audience the story with Alex Stock and the newspaper? Oh, yeah. That be, they'll really enjoy that one, believe me. Yeah. Uh, again, you, m- you may or may not have heard this over the years, um, but one of the greatest lessons that I ever learned in my life, not only in football, was from Alex Stock. And this is 100% 24-carat gar- true story. In my first year... QPR. I scored, as, you, as somebody mentioned earlier, I scored 44 goals. Right? Um, we won the League Cup. We won the um, uh, the third division. Right? And I got a phone call, and and all, all the crowd was singing Rodney, Rodney, England, England. Every, right? So I get a phone call, and the guy goes, uh, he said, uh, he said Rodney, he said, I'm Jim Thompson. I'm from the News of the World. So I said, oh, yeah. He said, um, we're doing a big feature this weekend. And, the, and it's going to be the whole of the centre spread. Now, bearing in mind, I'm in the lower division. I'm not in the Premier League. I'm in the lower division. Right? He said, we're going to do a centre spread. He said, we'll give you 500 quid. For the, and I'm only making 60 quid a week, wherever it was. So he said, we'll give you 500 quid. And the centre spread is going to read, because Sir Alf Ramsey was the manager of England, Sir Alf Ramsey, right? He said, the headline's going to read, Sir Alf, I'm ready for England. Exclusive by Rodney Marsh, give you 500 quid. I went, 500 quid? Go ask the manager. I've got to ask Alex Stock. And he went, okay, son. He said, well, give me a call back, let me know. So next morning I go in, come in. So I walks in, he goes, uh, where wh- wh- is it, son? I said, boss, I said, need your advice on something. I said, uh, I've been offered 500 quid to do an article in the news of the world. He said, yeah, yeah, what's it about? I said, well, he said, I want to do a headline, Sir Alf, I'm ready for England, exclusive by Rodney Marsh. What, what, you know, what do you think? He said, don't do it. I said, what? He said, don't touch it. He said, I know Alf Ramsey. He said, if you go, he think you're arrogant, you'll think you're flash. I know Alf Ramsey. You'll never get a look in. Don't do it. I said, boss, 500 quid. Don't do it. So I called the guy back, Jim. Sorry, boss says no. Um, can't do it. So uh, we'll leave it. On the Saturday... I, th- I think it was West Ham, I could be wrong. On the Saturday, we beat West Ham 5-0 and I scored four. And the Sunday, I go in, I get all the papers, I lay all the papers out, and I'm looking at, oh, Rodney scored a bicycle kick and he hit the shot from 30 yards and he did the brand. And I come to the centre spread of the news of the world. And I open the news of the world up and it's got, it said, Sir Alf, Rodney's ready for England by Alex Stock. <laughs> Uh, he, he 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 nicked my 500 quid. <laughs> What's the question? Oh, yes, sir.
0: Good evening, Rodney. i um, just wanted to ask. My first game watching QPR was Glasgow Rangers in a friendly. <laughs> I think you know what I'm referring
4: to on that game.
1: Yeah, Damien. Can you
4: enlighten everyone else who may not have been here what happened that day?
1: Yeah, I was ashamed of myself. Remember the game? Um, They had a fullback, Glasgow Rangers, uh, had a fullback called Kai Johansson, who'd been kicking me all day, and uh, in a friendly, and the ball came out to me on the sideline, and he came through me, and kicked me onto the running track, uh, like two-footed tackle, and as he rolled over, he stamped on me, so I punched him in the face, (laughs) and and everybody ran on it. Well, you've seen it documented; it's in the papers and all that. and, uh, and I, I wasn't, a, the boys will tell you, I was not a violent player. I, I wasn't, I'm not a violent person, you know, I'm a lover. And um, they all run on the field and everybody's trying to pull, pull me off this guy who's laying with, the, with his nose like this. And as they're holding me back, my shirt, you've probably seen this on, in, in the papers, as they're holding me back, the centre half comes running up to me, this great big Scots bloke, he's come running over to me, his name was Jock Watson. He's come running over and there's all snot coming out of his nose and there's steam out of his ears. And he got within about a foot of me, and I went bang. <laughs> and his nose went all over the room as well. And um, I got I got uh, sent off. I got a thousand pound fine from, from, from QPR. I got a thousand pound fine from the Football Association. Is that the game you're talking about? <laughs> no. <laughs> that was every week. For him. <laughs> That's or, or, or as Mark used to call it, a Tuesday
3: afternoon. Hi, Rodney. Who's the best player, Pelé or Best?
1: Well, that's a a great one, because um, I'll give you the short-form answer, and that is that, and I'll, I'll throw in there Cristiano Ronaldo, and I'll throw in there Lionel Messi. For about two years, George Best was the greatest player that ever played the game. Now, it's only a short period, but when I said earlier about Mark played that game against Birmingham and he was unmarkable, unstoppable, unplayable, George Best was like that almost every game. Jules Best was the leading goal scorer at Manchester United when they were a top team. Six consecutive seasons, he was the leading goal scorer and he was a winger. So for a short period of time, including winning the Champions League Champions League European Cup final and all that. He won every trophy there was, he, he won the Ballon d'Or, he won the Golden Boot, he won He won every single honour to be ever won. Um, so I would say over a short period, over the longer period, Pelé, but over a short period of time, I would say George Best. That's only my opinion, though. So Yes, sir.
2: I vaguely uh, remember you saying that um, there'd be £100,000 a week footballers, pretty soon. And they all laughed at me didn't they? They did laugh at you yeah. yeah. Wh- where is it going to end? What? What's the ceiling going to be for wages for players you think?
1: Well as I said about two weeks ago on Hawksby and Jacobs I was asked to say I was on talk sport I've been in the, U- in the UK for about three weeks I was asked that question on and I said this and I'll tell you this right now and you're gonna laugh at this you're, you're gonna absolutely say Rodney you're talking out it, w- it will not stop it absolutely will not stop Within a very short period of time, you're going to have a player making a hundred million pounds a year. A hundred million pounds a year. Now, you're all going to laugh at that and think that's stupid. Probably the same people that laugh when I said a hundred grand a week. But it will. And I'll tell you why. Because if you look at the analogy between American sports and uh, soccer, football, right, the analogy is very stark, and that is this. It's the advertisers and it's the media that drive the money. If, if advertisers stop advertising and, and the media companies started not showing the games, the wages wouldn't be there. Anyth- but the more that it goes and the more... The- NBC, you, are you familiar with NBC, what that is, NBC? Okay, uh, for those that don't, NBC is a massive uh, TV station in, in uh, America. NBC has bought the rights, exclusive rights, to the Premier League for the next six years. Six years got the exclusive rights of the Premier League. Can you imagine how much money that that's going to generate? Every single game is shown in America of the Premier League. So in, in five, ten years, time, there'll be a player. It, it might be a young kid. And if you haven't seen him play, by the way, if you haven't seen this kid play, Write it down. His name is Jao Felix. Anybody heard of Jao Felix? Nobody heard of him, right? So I'm kind of telling you something for the first time, aren't I? You're hearing this for the first time. As a young 19 year old kid, his name is Jao Felix. He's just joined a team called Atletico Madrid. In two or three years' time, everybody in the world <coughs> is going to want to sign this player. Jao Felix. Go and tell your friends. Next, anybody else?
0: yeah we're done okay any more questions if not what we'll do is at the end we'll have a, a photo opportunity like I say we've just got one question yeah, down one. there on the side Good evening Rod uh, hello. not quite QBR related but what went wrong at Manchester City
1: what do you mean
2: well, they were top of the league wouldn't they yeah what do you mean well, I think you said in your book about you, you, you felt you was a problem that, that, that upset the apple
1: cart. Well, that's what... Is there, we any, is there any stories? <laughs> no, no stories. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you're going with this, but... Uh,
2: I'll just tell you some nice stories, maybe,
1: from some of the players that you didn't get on with, or oh. didn't like you, or... Well, the, 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 there was one player that I had a bit of a row with in the, in the showers... No, no point in uh, talking about it because it ended very quickly, but um, there you
2: go.
1: It wasn't sexual, it wasn't sexual. (laughs) Now what happened was somebody slagged me off behind my back and I fronted him in the shower and um, that, that was it.
0: Next, nobody else? Hot meat pies and drinks and all that, yeah? Okay, if there aren't any more questions, then we will um, go to the raffle. So we'll just bring all the names forward for the raffle. If there are any more envelopes, if you just rise and raise them above your head, that'll be fantastic. And Justin will pick those up from you. And once they're all into the nice pot, then we will draw out, like I say, there's a, a signed shirt, there's a bottle of whiskey and the signed ball, which will be signed personally to the winner of the raffle from the three goal scorers once that name is drawn, and all the money does go to the QPR Number 10 foundation. So just while we're waiting for those to be gathered and brought forward, Rodney, yeah. how, how much opportunity do you get to see the current QPR play?
1: Uh, I've seen him play three times this year on television. I saw the wonder goal against, was it Reading? The one, the, Opening day
0: against Stoke.
1: Yeah, Stoke, I saw that wonder goal there, uh, easy scored the wonder goal. Um, beautiful team goal brilliantly taken and, and uh, I expect him to score probably two more of those this season.
0: As he's the current QPR number 10, what yeah. are your thoughts on him, of what you've seen off him?
1: Well, over the years, in, the, because I'm here tonight with the, with the lads, over the, I don't get a chance to speak to QPR people uh, as, as you. I only get to speak to podcasts and uh, bloggers who call me. And i said the same thing as I, as I say to you now about Easy, wonderful young player. I said this to Shanxi. I said this to him a couple of months ago. When you start trying to c- compare players, you've got to look at the production. You've got to look at what they actually, not, not what they can do, not what they might do. You've got you to look at what they do, right? And somebody called me a few years ago and said um, and said, Rodney, there's a young player coming through at uh, Queen's Park Rangers, they think he's going to be the next Rodney Marsh, they think he's going to be the next number 10. You know, you started a tradition of number 10s, and, and uh, uh, Tony Curry, and, and Stan Bowles, and Roy Wegley, they all were the number 10. There's another kid coming through, his name is adult Tarabd. And I said at the time, well, I've not seeing much of him, I said, but when he scored 44 goals in one, season I'm not being facetious, I said, when he scored 44 goals in one season, Maybe then you can come back to me and start comparing players. But until you know, it's no good saying <coughs> we've got a great number ten. You know, he's, he's going or, or whatever player is a great player and he scores nine goals. Well, yeah, he's a good player, but he, you can't make comparisons like that. That's just only my opinion. You might be different. But that's my opinion.
0: Great stuff. Okay, the raffle is now ready. So there's a couple more to be thrown in. Thanks once again for your support in the raffle. And there's a couple more at the back there. Yeah, thanks
1: very much for this, guys. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much.
0: Okay, just before we go, firstly, our thanks once again to our sponsors, Zoom Corrosion Technology, for your fantastic support. It's hugely appreciated. Thank you very much. And before we go, we're going to have a a final word from a man who, like I say, came in at the start, didn't want to be introduced, deserves fully to be introduced for the impact he's had. It's been fantastic since he came in as a club ambassador. I think most ambassadors just go around being who they are, as in walking around being Andy Sinton. But Andy gets so much more involved, I I cannot do him justice with words. Put your hands together for a final word from Andy Sinton. (laughs)
4: Thanks Paul, um, what an evening, absolutely superb, yeah? Could have been here till 12 o'clock. It's co- coming back at me. But um, for those of you who don't know, the Number 10 Foundation is a ne- just an extension to our very popular, unbelievably successful Forever Ours uh, club which we set up three years ago. In the last three years we've had over 100 former players, coaches and managers return to QPR. Um, Still many more to get. This man I've been trying to get for the last sort of couple of years, but we eventually can't get him in a game, but we've got him tonight. But, um, you know, the the Number 10 Foundation has been set up to contribute or try to assist with former players who fall on hard times, whether that's medically, you know, have personal issues, need a bit of pastoral care. So we're going to work in conjunction with the PFA um, to, to facilitate that and to, to help the former players who played in a, an age or a time where nowhere near what the guys get now. You know, is it any better? Who knows? You know, but that's what we're going to do as a football club. We're right at the start. It's going to be a long road till we get there. But evenings like this are going to be really, really important. Loads of thanks goes in. But First of all, I want to thank you, the fans. Thank you, the fans. This is a great club. We have great fans. And you're shown that again tonight by attending. So give yourselves a round of applause. Uh, Other thank yous, and I'm bound to miss a few, Ed, but Lee Hughes is really supportive of uh, Colin Hale, Kevin McGrath, Andy Evans, you know, and and myself. We sit and we we plot these things. Um, You know, thanks to the catering staff and the people who've helped to make tonight such a great success. You know, absolutely fantastic. say legends, and I say legends, it's a word that's used a lot, But, you know, we have legends in the room tonight. You know, two of the guys who scored, or three of the guys who scored goals in a Cup Final, our only ever trophy. They're here with us tonight. Giving up their own time. You know, that is amazing. Fantastic to see. Fantastic to see. Don. You know, Don Shanks, he's done some amazing work over the last couple of years. You know, 65, 66, does the New York Marathon in four hours, 11 minutes. Amazing to raise money for the number 10 foundation, Alzheimer's, and to help his great make Stan. Well done, Don. <laughs> a huge, massive thank you. Um, you know, he does a great job at the club, you know, and... Uh, He's been unbelievable up on the stage tonight, to, to keep us entertained, to speak to the guys, to interview Rodney. Put your hands together for Paul Morrissey. And, and lastly, but you know, save the best to last. You know, we've seen Roger, we've seen Mark back at the club over recent years, I think I speak for them. I think they now, there was a time where they probably didn't get invited to QPR. Now I think they enjoy coming. They feel appreciated. They feel special, which is what they should be. So to Mark and to uh, to Roger for giving up their time, give them a big round of applause. (laughs) And last, certainly, certainly not least, the star of the show tonight. You know, I've already said I've been trying for a few years. I met him on a couple of private occasions. Fans stopped me and said, you know, when are we getting Rodney back? I said, I'm trying. You know, he, he does live a few miles away, but, uh, but I'm trying. But we've got him. This guy is a true legend of Queen's Park Rangers. He's a true legend of football. You know, there's a, there's a little hint in the Number 10 Foundation. This football club's had some fantastic, unbelievable players. Many of them won the Number 10, started by this guy. So, Rodney, you're a club legend. And that applause is deserved you know you're a, you're a you're a club legend you know you're always welcome here at qpr where the fans idolize you adore you and thank you so much for what you've done tonight thank you so much for your time and have safe travels back to the usa on wednesday rodney marsh
0: great stuff thanks very much again for coming this evening and just a reminder there's the opportunity a very rare one-off opportunity to have your photo with the trophies and with the three players who got the all-important goals so you're welcome to head down take your own pictures with your mobiles etc but firstly before we do if we can just ask mark and roger and rodney if you just head to the back there and first up zoom if you guys want to head down there for the first photo with the three players And then if you want to head down after the Zoom guys, you're welcome to have your photos taken with the three players. Thank you once again for coming this evening. Thanks very much.